I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into downtown Los Angeles. This is Alliance 24-7 podcast live on location. Penn State nearing the Rose Bowl against number eight Utah, the number 11 Nittany Lions on the practice field today in nearby Carson, California. I'm Tyler Donahue. He is Daniel Gallen. Mark Brennan to my right. Uh, we come into you in a different kind of format altogether. It doesn't happen often, and it's great to be out here with you guys to, to cap off what was really a, a season that exceeded all of our expectations when you go back and listen to the preseason podcast. Yeah, I just want to thank the network for getting us all this great Rose Bowl stuff to have <laughs> out here. But, no, obviously it was a great season. We're actually at the media hotel now, which is yep. pretty cool, and this is where they're doing the interviews. This is the big room where they're doing Mike Yurtich was here being salty right with reporters spot. earlier. Uh, but, yeah, it's great to be here. We talked about it a lot as the season was going along. How is this team going to react when adversity hit? Adversity hit in the form of two losses in three weeks. They were able to bounce back, play really well down the stretch as if they had something to play for, and this is what it is, the Rose Bowl being in L.A., and it seems like they're enjoying it so far. Daniel, this is an opportunity for Penn State. We talked about it to punctuate with win number 11. That's a fourth time in a seven-year span under James Franklin. Erase a lot of the bad taste left from the past couple of seasons. But what it also does for you is give you that launch pad, give you that national respect so that when voters sit down for whatever credence you give the preseason polls, they're a thing, and they do matter to some degree, and perception matters in college football. It's a big opportunity to send yourself into January and beyond kind of as that team on the rise. You can definitely get a bump uh, from a big performance here in the Rose Bowl. Uh, we talked to some players earlier today who have some pretty high expectations for what this team might be, be, might be capable of next year. But, of course, you need to win to kind of really put that into motion, gain some momentum going into the offseason. And I think this Penn State team is really in a good position to make that happen. Something that is clear to us in terms of this locker room being in a good spot and, and James Franklin really having his ship in, in the right direction are the fact that we're hearing the NFL draft declarations, but they're followed quickly by, but I'm playing in the Rose Bowl. We heard it from Nick Tarburton. Uh, we've heard it from Juice Struggs. Brenton Strange is now hopped on that bandwagon. We're keeping our eyes peeled and we're listening for, for possible other announcements to come between now and kickoff. But what do you make of that, Mark? I mean, you've covered this program through decades, but so quickly it became almost an assumption that if you're not in the college football playoff, you're not going to have much of your team intact. We saw a lot of those guys in the practice field today. Yeah, I want to make – you said he has the ship going in the right direction because that could have been heard a little bit different way. The ship that the would ship be cruising on the ocean. in the right yes. direction. But, hey, we had a chance to talk to James Franklin at Disney yesterday, and he addressed it. It's like, you know, from his perspective – this is the way that things normally happen at Penn State, and they have been happening at Penn State outside of last year. And I think now it's fair to say that last year was an outlier. You're coming off of, uh, what was it, 11 wins in 22 games right. over the course of two seasons. Uh, you stumbled down the stretch of that season. Uh, you somehow end up in, in the Outback Bowl, which is a pretty good bowl. 
but it looked like they weren't really overly enthusiastic about the whole thing. And that's the thing that I like about this team and I like about this team's chances in this game. The buy-in seems to be completely different. And I think all of it starts with the leadership. Leadership, excuse me. You know, I, I don't know that I want to say the leadership was terrible last year because I think it's tough to lead in, in, the situ, in, in those late-season situations when the season goes haywire. Mm-hmm. So maybe the leadership wasn't great during the season. Uh, but after the season, who knows? You know, guys opted out. What could you make of that, that game against Arkansas? But again, going back to this season, the buy-in was there late. And I think it speaks to the fact that, you know, you, you know, Sean Clifford, obviously, uh, to me, was a really good leader for this team. P.J. Mustafer, uh, Tig Brown, mm-hmm. you know, all these guys, Juice Scruggs, uh, they just were really good leaders. And I think that is why this team is going to play well in this game. They are not mailing it in. I mean, they're out here. You can see the guys are having fun. They're enjoying themselves, but they all, they're also focused. And I think that's really key in this game. We had a chance to, to get in front of some players today. You guys were both at Disneyland yesterday. I was just getting into LAX when that was all happening. Um, but but you've heard from the Nick Tarburtons and the Brenton Stranges and Juice Scruggs now. Daniel, you wrote about this on lines247.com today. What is generally a theme that you're sensing with this group? Because you can completely understand that if your mind is made up to go to the NFL um, in this day and age of college football, you might you know be here to support your guys, but you might not be trying to push around a 300-pound Utah defender they're going to go through that. We'll see if there's any kind of snap count like we saw for Saquon Barkley a few years ago. Maybe a different situation with the running back of his caliber. But these guys are invested. Definitely. I, I think that the Rose Bowl opportunity really means a lot to these players. Uh, Nick Tarburton talked about growing up in southeastern Pennsylvania, watching that uh, every New Year's Day. Uh, Bretton Strange was, you know, he was kind of like, yeah, there was no question that I was going to play in this game to him that he knew what it means to this team to get back to this point. He knows what it would mean for them to get a win and he wants to help them do that. Um, I think that there's a lot of excitement for those guys to be able to come in and it just didn't really seem like uh, any sort of question to them, uh, which I thought was maybe the the most interesting part. Um, it, It seemed like that the decision that they you know, maybe wrestled with the most was the actual draft declaration. Mm -hmm. That was kind of where, where the energy went. And then, you know, no matter what, it seems like all of these guys were going to be playing uh, in this game. And I think that you do have to, you know, put in the caveat for Parker Washington and for Joey Porter Jr. that they're not playing, but Parker Washington was ruled out for the season in November. Joey Porter Jr. You know, came back from appendicitis to get back for that final game. You know, so both of those guys were really going through physical things. So I've seen some comparisons to be like, oh, these guys aren't opting out. But then you had your, your opt outs. And I think that it's two completely separate buckets and two yeah. different situations. Yeah, but there. one other thing, Parker Washington is here. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, when I asked Franklin about that, he's like, well, why wouldn't he be here? And it's like, well, I think everybody just assumed he was banged up. He was going to move on with your life. Right? Yeah. And, and so Franklin made a good point. Like, what was he going to do? Like, go start working out? And I don't know. Maybe he could, his it's his foot that's injured. Or well, maybe that's ball. different. I mean, last year, we don't need to put names out there, but not every guy was A, yeah. in attendance, or B, necessarily watching right. the <laughs> game. And, and so that's different. Right. When I say buy-in, I mean, that's like we I got here with the intern. On, yes. on Christmas Day, the next day when the team arrived, uh, we saw Parker Washington in the in the hotel lobby uh, at the JW Marriott. It's like, oh, wow, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he just stopped by or if, if he's with the team. And it turned out he's actually with the team. Another thing that James Franklin said at Disney is that when these decisions were made, there were conversations with the players. There were conversations with the parents. 
And there were conversations with people who may be representing the players now or at a future sure. at a future point. And that's what college football has come to. If, if you want to be on the same page with these players, you can't just talk to them. You have to know what their parents are thinking. I mean, what did, what was the first thing we heard with Olu Fashinu? That when he was making his decision, it wasn't just Olu. It was his parents who were talking with James. I think he's doing a really good job. And then, listen, whether you like it or not, you have to be able to talk to the people who are representing these kids. And again, you you may not like it as a fan. You may not like this, but it is the new normal. And yeah. if you're not doing that, then you're not having the communication. And what do you think every single agent is going to be telling their player? If the agent isn't involved in conversation with the coaching staff, where Franklin could say, listen, I think it could benefit them like this. You know, maybe we'll limit this player to this many snaps. Maybe we'll limit this player to this many snaps. These are all very important things. And I think it's a sign that Penn State's kind of ahead of the game of some other programs when it comes to this level of communication. And I think reaching a game like this in a platform setting, because the Rose Bowl still is of, of that caliber. Everyone's appointed to this one as a matchup worth watching. It still is a chance for you to build your brand. And that used to be, okay, great. You can build your brand. You can set yourself up for a Heisman Trophy campaign or start to build that NFL draft stock. Now it's more immediate returns. You have a big game on Monday night, Tuesday morning, whoever's handling that side of things for you, they may have a very busy inbox, and all of a sudden you've got all these possibilities in the world well before you got to go back and put on pads for spring ball. So looking at a guy like Nick Singleton who already has, we know those built-in opportunities that he has certainly validated. And then there's certainly players across the roster who have decisions to make, and those decisions become a lot more complex if you can say, look, right now you're projecting as an early day three pick, or maybe you're in that th third-round range, and you can get into that day two with a really strong NFL combine. What are you making right now? Uh, what are you going to make in the, in the short term in the NFL? And what are you looking at? What would you have to get to, to get to year four or five to really cash in on that opportunity versus can we build that up? Can we put you in a spot where you're improving your draft stock? And in the meantime, you don't have to wait to support your family. You don't have to wait to maybe uh, buy some of those things that are on your wish list. We can set you up to do that. And here's how we have the package. And I think Penn State's approach right now, it's not unique, but I think they're trying to make it as unique as possible is, you, uh, we're going to give you every opportunity to validate all the NIL opportunities here, but you've got to go through the process of validating it. I don't think they're about the instant gratification. And if you set that precedent now, I think it's going to be good for you because there's a lot of programs, fellas, that are going the instant gratification route and they want their fans to see the big signings and they want to promise that money on the, on the upfront and you're going to get it. And then you get through a year and it's not working out for both parties. And I know we're kind of going down an off-season tangent here, but I think it's applicable to why we're seeing this locker room feel good about where it's heading and we're not seeing any kind of signs of a leaky ship like there's going to be an exodus out of this uh, this program and i think the last couple seasons it was fair to wonder when you got to the finish line because of things maybe culturally where they were in the locker room certainly in the win-loss column of okay who's getting out who's going to be the surprise departure we'll find out but right now it feels like a lot of guys are buying in and and I think it's a really good spot to be. And whenever in the Rose Bowl, it's a good spot to be, but it's there for Penn State. Um, circling back really quick before we forget about it, because it happened when I was on the plane, Penn State <laughs> Of did. course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were Penn we State. were covering something. We were at Disney. You were on the plane. And yes. what happened? Yeah, you're, you, I think you might have been talking to James Franklin. Uh, but, but Penn State does make a splash in the transfer portal. We're going to talk about the current roster in a second. Splash, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. There's a lot Stop. of ways we can go. Oh, well, okay. Um, but we, we got a name that we can work with here, Daniel. Yeah, Penn State uh, added Storm Duck uh, out of the transfer portal. Cornerback from North Carolina. Five interceptions in his career. 
uh, second team all ACC selection. Battled some injuries uh, that have have limited him over the past couple of seasons, um, but he was a three star recruit uh, in the class of 2019 and someone who's played a lot of football uh, and seems like someone that you can add to a cornerback room that was deep. You have some questions with guys who can use COVID years, come back for extra eligibility. They have to make decisions there. Um, but I think that Terry Smith has proved himself to be someone who can make things work, get a lot of playing time, as we saw this year with Joey Porter Jr., Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, um, and Storm Duck appears to be someone who can really factor into the equation there. We'll be right back on the Lions 24-7 podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is a guy who you, you, you bring in for a kind of a short term. You're not bringing in for a three or four year plan. You see some of those younger level. And that seemed to be the targets that they were pursuing. Uh, Tyler Calvarizzo has done a great job with the transfer portal uh, market and where Penn State's been looking uh, at lines247.com. And repeatedly the cornerback targets for guys who have spent four years somewhere else and have a track record um, at the power five level. They're going to bring in that. We know they're losing Joey Porter Jr. Uh, there's a couple trickier situations, I guess, uh, with Marquise Wilson uh, and then additionally with Johnny Dixon. I believe they were both uh, honored at Senior Day or, or recognized at Senior Day. They, they carry that classic senior eligibility status, but of course, they also have the COVID eligibility in their back pocket. So that could impact this cornerback room. You've got Cam Miller, the freshman, uh, and then of course, the, you know, Christian Driver moving on from the room couple of freshmen coming in, Zion Tracy and Elliot Washington. So you're kind of stabilizing things there a bit. Um, but I, I think it, it's, you know, we're seeing the transfer portal be a way that they're going to bring in those supplemental pieces. And, and you've heard from North Carolina a little bit on this kid where, you know, yes, there is a bit of a, a track record with his availability, but his abilities uh, certainly stand out. Yeah, I mean, he fits the bill. I mean, you got to there. Thank you. Really, that yep. was really bad. But no, I mean, it comes down to when we talked, what was it, earlier in the month about uh, what are their positions of need mm -hmm. in the transfer portal and defensive back, cornerback is obviously one of those spots. So to be able to go out and get a guy who, and the people from uh, inside Carolina, which is one of the very best sites, if yep. not the best site on our network, as objective as they come, uh, you know, have told us that this guy is legit major college power five player so long as he can stay healthy so you is it a little bit of a gamble it is but every single person you deal with coming out of the portal is a gamble at some level i think what we've seen with penn state is they've done a very good job of getting guys who you know it, it sounds kind of corny and cliche but they kind of match they kind of fit you know when ak came in here you it was almost like he had been around forever mm -hmm. When Congo, when Derek Tangelo came in, it was almost as if he had been around forever. Yeah. 
Chop Robinson, Mitchell Tinsley. Jordan Stout. Yeah, Jordan Stout. Guys with different personalities, but the one thing they all had in common is they just it, it, when they got here, it wasn't as if they were kind of like outsiders. They immediately fit in. You saw them at different uh, media events and stuff, and and I think that's really cool. And I would imagine that Storm Duck is going to be the same sort of player. So yeah. whatever he brings on the field, it's just important, especially in that in that DB room where Terry Smith. And uh, and 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 Dex and Poindexter have done an unbelievable job the last couple of years developing talent, developing camaraderie. I mean, listen, you know, the the job that Terry Smith did, not only in developing talent, but in using that talent. You know, you had Kalen King, a guy who, by our estimation, at least by mine, and I know we've all kind of talked about it, mm -hmm. really rivaled Joey Porter, or may have even been better than Joey Porter, in in my view. I think as a complete defender, right. you can really make that case. He didn't start every game. I mean, he was alternating with Johnny Dixon, and you couldn't really argue with the results. That's my point, with the team results. Mm -hmm. So to be able to do that with players of that caliber, I think really speaks to, to number one, you know, what Terry and the in the defensive coaches were are able to do. And number two, the buy-in. Again, we keep going back to that. But when this team struggled, you can tell there were areas where there wasn't buy-in. Yeah. And I think you're seeing it at so many different levels now that they do have that buy-in. The key to me, win, lose, or draw in this bowl game, and, and don't get me wrong, I think it would be important if they win this game going into to next season and, and kind of getting back to where you were pre-pandemic and then building off of that. But the key is, are you able to maintain that buy-in for more than this one year? Yeah. Is this just one year or is this the sort of thing that becomes a culture that you can start trying to march toward that that elite level that yeah. James Franklin was talking about. And that's about stacking classes with those personalities, with those prospect profiles. And, oh, by the way, those guys are going to be on campus with this group in like a matter of 10 days or so. Right. And and the, and the beat rolls on for Penn State football, and, and, and some guys will move on. And, and speaking of that subject, uh, Juice Scruggs, we now know he's going to be going to the NFL. We discussed that on an earlier podcast this week. We coming out do of, anyway. Yeah, coming, coming out of Christmas weekend. But in this case, you got Hunter Norzad kind of built in here as what looks like he's going to be able to step over. He's, he's been the starter at left guard with Lennon Tangwall out, be that center. Nick Dawkins, um, you know, we're looking for, for him to be able to get involved in game action and move forward. He kind of got sidelined in, in terms of his progress this week, this year. Um, he could factor in at center. We heard maybe Venga Ioane could mm -hmm. do that. Uh, Salim Wormley could snap the football. Tight end's a little bit of a different story because there's a lot of proven parts there. Tyler Warren played a bunch of football. He was starting early with Theo Johnson out, out of commission. Theo Johnson shows back up, and, and all of a sudden he's a co-starter uh, with Brenton Strange. Each of those guys play you know, 80% uh, plus snaps, it seems, game in, game out. You talk to Theo, and, and I think it's, it's important to acknowledge people don't understand why we're asking it about Theo, mm -hmm. but we're asking it about Theo. Is he definitely sticking around 2023? I mean, you can probably explain it as well as mm -hmm. anybody that could. Yeah, I mean, you just look at Theo Johnson as you know the the prospect, six foot six, two hundred sixty pounds. We've seen him run over guys, run on top of guys, around guys, with the ball in his hands. You know, he can make things happen. Um, and you, know, you look at the production, and the production doesn't always—that's not indicative of how an NFL scout might look. Obviously, production is is part of the puzzle, but I think that if you look at what Theo Johnson has done in the context of this offense, in the context of this program, and in the context of his health this year. Um, he said that it wasn't really until the second half of the season that 
he felt 100% healthy, and that is really when his production picked up. So, you know, from my view and I think some others, I mean, he looks the part as someone who could go to the NFL, make some things happen in spandex, and then hear his name called. So yeah. we asked him today uh, if, you know, if he'll, he'll be back next year. Um, he said that he was focused on the Rose Bowl. Um, but as the conversation went on and the conversation turned to this team, this program, and next year, uh, he did sound like someone who is planning on being a part of things next year. Um, and you know, you look at that tight end room, if you can return him as your top tight end with Tyler Warren, with Khalil Dinkins, with Jerry Cross, and then, oh, you just signed three freshmen, yeah. uh, four stars uh, last week. I think that this group looks like it's in some some pretty good shape. Hey, not- Theo, one thing about Theo, he's got no poker face whatsoever. <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, you can tell there's just a, an honesty uh, to him. And not that there isn't an honesty to all players, but some players are much better at the coach speak and, and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And with him, it's like you could tell he always wants to give you a genuine answer. So even in a question like this where maybe he just wants to be safe and, you know, you never know. Maybe some, you know, scout is going to say, boy, I, I think we really would go after him high. I, it, speaking to, to what you said, Daniel, I think it's very difficult for him to just not say what, what's in his heart. And I think that's what you're getting. Yeah. And I mean, back in October, we I mean, he was probably one of the more honest interviews we've had yeah. all year long when talking about his involvement. And he in was the lost offense. in the offense. I mean, he was playing a bunch of snaps. He was not getting targets. And you, if you go and review what this offense did for the last six games when they really handed the reins to the rushing attack and, and they were able to get it done, he was arguably their most consistently productive pass receiver. I mean, regardless of position, yeah. you throw in Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley in that conversation and Brenton Strange. Uh, Brenton Strange had big numbers that halfway through and then it was kind of the second half. Theo Johnson had that that kind of performance. And can we all acknowledge the power of the Rose Bowl? We've been discussing it so much. I mean, Theo Johnson has the big playability. He's got a profile here against a big time power five defense, the top 10 team that just yeah. bullied USC. There is an opportunity for him to go turn some heads and really have to have a decision. So I think Adiza Isaac fits into the same thing. This is a showcase performance yeah. where it can carry a lot of weight versus what you may have done through, through mid-October for both of those guys. I mean, they, they'd probably like different first halves of the season in, in each of those cases. And I'm not trying to talk anyone out of this locker room. I know James Franklin wants those guys around, I'm sure, for 2023 if they want to be here. And they're going to be big-time performers if they are. But the Rose Bowl has some sway. And those are the kind of guys that could each – had those kind of flashy performances that really gives them something to chew on. And if you're James Franklin, you have to kind of understand if that could be the case. And again, not pushing anyone out the door, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. And remember back when we were wondering where Penn state might land in a bowl and what were we all saying that while the cotton bowl would be great, you're not yep. going to get a Tulane. marquee opponent. Yeah. yeah. And with all due respect to Tulane, it ain't Utah. And, and Utah is a team that, if you followed them, and, and you know, I, I can't say that I followed them very closely, but the more you learn about what this program is about, and everybody says it because it's true, it's like a Big Ten program, mm-hmm. a physical kick-ass Big Ten program yeah. playing in the Pac-12. And you have seen games, it didn't happen this year with Oregon, but it happened in previous seasons with Oregon, where Oregon had more talent. And and Utah just kicked the living, you know, sh- the ship out of uh, ship <laughs> a- out of Oregon. So this is in what you saw it in the uh, uh, in the Pac-12 championship yes. game when, when Williams got when Caleb Williams got hurt. Yeah, and it, you you could see it was like sharks realizing yeah. what was going to happen. And it, that's a great point. I didn't even think about it. That these guys who, you know, 
you, you don't know. Like last year, everybody knew Jahan Dotson was going to be a, a high pick. I don't think we knew how high. This year, I think we all realized Joey Porter is going to be the first Penn State defensive back that ever goes in the first round. Knock on wood that no injuries or anything else happens because I wish the best for the kid. But this year, there are a lot of those guys who, I mean, they they could like a Parker Washington. Let me throw Curtis Jacobs in the conversation yeah. too. I mean, yeah. that, that, this I mean, if you want to say where's Penn State's marquee game and you want to put want to say this is it, then you've got to understand yeah. that for these players, this is it too. I mean, tape against Ohio State, Michigan goes a long way, and taping this matchup will be the final tape of this entire yeah. season, and so that will factor in decisions and. Fortunately, we're all sticking around in California the day after this game. There's a lot of our, our colleagues are flying out like right away in the We've morning. Learned. We're sticking around. We'll see what Penn State has for us news-wise, and we'll react accordingly. We'll be in a position to handle that. Um, but but like, getting back to what we saw on the practice field uh, in the last couple of hours here, nice shuttle from there uh, from the hotel, Real nice, easy process. It's not always easy traveling here in Los Angeles, so we appreciate that. Um, in this case, though, Smith Vilbert really caught our attention because James Franklin uh, confirming with you guys at Disneyland that, yes, Smith Vilbert is available for game action, and that begins this week with the Rose Bowl. Of course, we've documented it. All 12 games, he was not in action. He did not travel with this team. He was an observer in Beaver Stadium. But along the way, you know, Kim Beeman part two, he's practicing – He's a standout member of the scout team. He's working alongside true freshmen and walk-on. This is a redshirt junior who probably had big ambitions for himself after getting his first career three sacks in the Outback Bowl a year ago. And here he is. The opportunity comes knocking. Um, and I get the sense, based on the way he was involved in practice, back in his number 92 uniform, out of the scout team jersey, that this defensive line, maybe just 10 or 12 snaps worth, it got itself a boost in time for a big matchup. Yeah, he he was kind of fighting his way to, to get to the top of the line yeah. for reps, which is what you typically see out of the very best players on a team. And obviously this is somebody who's looking to prove, reprove himself uh, the way Akeem Beeman did after missing the entire uh, 2021 season. You know, it was kind of funny because when we were doing one of the pre-bowl shows, I kind of joked that I know you did. You yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, was, Mark, don't give the people hope. Right. And it's like, because remember, he had four sacks in the game last year. Was it four sacks? Three. Yeah, three it felt sacks. like four. Yeah. I'm, 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 it's like everything else. I embellished three, it a more. Three in the further. first half. Yeah. So, so yeah. that was that was great. But yeah, to add him and listen, I, we don't know exactly what the deal was with this kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it, it, I, I doubt it was an injury. I think it was some no, sort yeah. of uh, whatever it was. But. Franklin had his when Franklin told us he was done for the season. He didn't specify bowl, right? But, he, but when he said that, he added, "I'm proud of this guy. I'm glad he's part of a program." And and clearly, we saw they named him the developmental squad player of the week one week. Clearly, they were they were invested in him, but they were working their way through some kind of process. Was a mistake they, yeah. or something made along the way? Who yeah. knows? But it speaks to this kid's character that he stuck with it in a day and age when. The slightest little thing could go wrong for a player. The slightest little thing, and they could be out the door. Yeah. This guy, this wasn't a slight thing. This was a guy who was not allowed to play the whole season after really flashing in a bowl game. And for him to stick with it and put himself in position to, to, to make an impact in the bowl game, I think it really speaks highly 
uh, of his character and the way that he was able to bounce back. So nice job by Smith Bilber. Adiza Isaac called him a guy who is versatile. They can use inside, use outside. Um, really fascinating because he is going to be coming up on year five next year. But I just want to remind people that he was a late bloomer in, in the football circuit. This is not a guy who's been playing football for 10 years. He was a basketball prospect, native of Haiti, uh, came up uh, in St. Joe's Montvale in New Jersey, uh, caught a bunch of power five offers late in the process. And now here he is. And I'm still very curious about what he can do. I know a lot of people look at this defensive end depth chart, particularly if Adiza Isaac sticks around. You've got Shop Robinson back. you got the night in his son. I mean, Vanover played a bunch of football. The list goes on and on. Nick Tarburton's heading out the door. But uh, I still think this guy, if he's ready to take it on, he's going to find himself a role in this group. And I think John Scott's done a really good job working with it. And Deion Barnes behind the scenes, because when you're in a position room and other guys are getting fed those reps and they're experiencing the highs of Saturday football, it's tough, and I think that you got to kind of tip your hat to the leadership from the top, but all the way to those guys who are dealing with it on a daily basis and managing the situation. So we'll see where it goes from here. It's something else to watch on Monday. Um, you were keeping an eye on the offensive group uh, in particular, and that's a spot we're watching. Uh, give the folks the good and the bad. I guess on the, the good side, we Kevon Lee was back at practice. Um, you know, he has not played since October 15th against Michigan. Um, you know, he was absent put Penn State down to only two scholarship backs, which a little bit of a, a dicey proposition there in terms of depth. Um, but on the other side, uh, no Olu Fashionu again. Uh, James Franklin had left the door open uh, it, a couple weeks ago to Olu coming back for this game, being able to participate. Um, but we did not see him out there today. Um, he is here. You know, He is in uh, California with, with the team. But um, you know, when you think about the offensive line and talking about the guys who have the opportunity to, you know, really boost their profile, I thought that he was one because, you know, he broke out and it was like right after the Ohio State game. Mm. That's when he's at the top of all the mock drafts. Then he doesn't play again. Yeah. So I feel like he could have been someone to really elevate his profile. Um, but, you know, we'll see on, on Monday, but no <coughs> Olu today. Uh, Caden Wallace was back uh, and doing more than we'd seen him do. Uh, in practices down the stretch. Uh, we haven't seen him play since October 22nd against Minnesota. Um, so he seems to be trending in the right direction. And um, yeah, I think otherwise, rest of the offensive linemen that we saw down the stretch, that starting five that played a lot of reps and held up very nicely, all present and accounted for. Something that I think we just need to watch for here. And the end goal is to win the game. But we've heard Franklin allude to it a few times about we need to have open, honest conversations with our players about why they don't need to opt out, why we can manage it, we can work with you, we can make you have this great finale to your college career and get you off to the next level. And he referenced being able to – it's kind of crazy to think you could get to the finish line with Saquon Barkley. Could you do that in 2022? I don't know. But I remember after that season finale in 2017 – everyone's surrounding Saquon, end of his junior season, and he's like, yeah, of course I'm playing in the bowl. And at that point, you're like, well, okay, I mean, it's going to be a Fiesta Bowl in Washington, but now I'm just thinking of Saquon Barkley. You wrap yourself in bubble, and you go train, and you go get ready. So James Franklin wanted to say that was an outlier last year, and he's been he's been kind of pointing to that. But something else, is Drew Scruggs going to be the Iron Man that we saw all season? He, he didn't leave wow. the field at all. Does yeah. that change? Do we see Hunter Norzad get a, a, a significant share of reps at center? And what does that mean with Landon Tengwell not available? J.B. Nelson has some some uh, eligibility, and you've got uh, Vega Ioane has that eligibility. So those are the moving parts that are kind of the game within the game. Well, yeah, but so it's one thing 
for Saquon to have this plan where he's only going to play X number of snaps in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah, the Fiesta yeah. Bowl. And you had Miles Sanders, Russia. of course, yeah, sophomore Miles Sanders. Sanders. But as James Franklin told us yesterday, then you get into the game and you have this plan. <laughs> and Saquon's like, no, I don't want to come out yeah. because – these guys are naturally competitive. And you're looking so, around at your teammates, right? Yeah, I mean, and you're like, yeah. bye, guys, good luck. And this is Saquon. because, and, and don't think for a second that Saquon didn't realize how good Miles Sanders was yeah. behind him. Uh, but he's like, no, no, I don't want to come out of the game. So I think that's going to be one of the interesting parts of this game mm -hmm. is if it is as tight as we think it's going to be, and I do think it's going to be a tight game, yeah. uh, our guys are going to be willing to say, well, you know, I, I, I really was only told I was going to play 65 snaps, so – you know, go ahead in there, and, and I, I just yeah. wonder how that's Friend Strange, Nick Clover, and everybody that's that's kind of taking this route. It's but, it's a fair question. Yeah, so we're we'll see how that uh, we'll see how that plays out. I'm sure if you're a Penn State fan, you're hoping they just get a blowout win, and this is an issue. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a real tight game, real tough game between two very tough teams. I think it would be awesome to see Kevon Lee make a play. Um, you know, he, let's not forget he scored the game winning touchdown in season in game Good one of this play. season. Um, but you talk about in this day and age of college football, this guy hasn't, you know, we're not ruling him out for next year when he's going to be a year four at the college football level. And they could really use him back. They're going to bring in a couple of freshmen, but neither of them are going to be early enrollees. And you've got these two phenomenal freshmen, but you can lose your depth in a hurry. So Kevon Lee, if he was able to come back and after, after grinding out whatever he's been dealing with and that has kept him and prevented him from, from joining the team for the second half of the season, uh, I think that would be a lot of credit because we've seen this running back room just this year lose a couple of pieces because guys decided it just wasn't right for them anymore. So, I mean, it's, it, I think it's a great potential storyline that we have brewing because if people haven't picked up on it yet, this locker room in general is very fond of Mr. Lee. Definitely. I, I think that Kevon Lee is someone who, you know, you read some of the social media tea leaves and he's someone who has been very engaged mm -hmm. and, and very involved um, in that. I think before the Minnesota game, I think Penn State put a picture of him during warmups in a game that he didn't play in. Um, he was delivering pizzas the <laughs> night before to, to the students at yeah, the at Beaver Stadium. Exactly. I mean, he's, uh, you know, I think that he's someone who wants to be out there and really wants to contribute. And I don't think that you can really underrate that, you know, what that means to a locker room um, and everything. I mean, we've, you know, I, I feel like we've talked about depth, uh, you know, where it just disappears so quickly. And so to be able to have him and, you know, he's not Nick Singleton. He's not Katron Allen, but he's someone who led the team in rushing two years in a row. Um, you know, we've seen him have spurts where he is a really good running back who can grind things out between the tackles, break off a couple big runs. And, you know, he made a big play in the passing game earlier in the year. So, you know, I think that he is a type of player who is helpful to a team like Penn State. Uh, and it seems like he wants to be out there. His teammates want him to be around. And, you know, hopefully he can get into the mix and maybe make things happen uh, on Monday. You talk about so many teams losing pieces from end of the regular season to the bowl game. This team lost Joey Porter Jr., but he only played 10 snaps in the final three games. Uh, Parker Washington wasn't involved at the end of the season. He was already hurt. We're talking about a team adding pieces. Uh, Smith Vilbert, here right. he comes. <laughs> uh, and, and then all of a sudden, Caden Wallace maybe is back as a reinforcement piece for your offensive line. And then Kevon Lee, maybe he gets involved in the offensive game plan. It's just a strange thing, and it, and it kind of speaks to the ascension that we have kind of noted for Penn State. Now they got to go deliver it. Now they can't go lay a dud after everyone's talking about them being this trajectory that's pointing straight up. They've got to go take care of business against Utah. We'll continue to track it out here because we've got defensive coordinator Manny Diaz on, on Friday morning 
uh, probably right here at, at this very spot. Um, if you missed any of our coverage from Thursday, we've got uh, Mike Yurcich, uh, the full Q&A uh, with the offensive coordinator from the Nittany Lions, a bunch of content from, from conversations with the guys here on the offensive side of the football. Wanted to note, it was really cool to hear from Mitchell Tinsley today about calling this a dream come true. We used that phrase a bunch of times, and a lot of guys might use that, but zero scholarship offers uh, coming out of the high school level works his way through the junior college ranks, uh, ends up going to a highly powerful uh, offense in Western Kentucky last year. Uh, it comes to an offense that is very different. It ends up leaning on the rushing attack. And Mike Yersich says he goes from seeing 60 passes out there a game last year to, to taking on a different role, and he has embraced it. And he says he will happily sell the, this team and Taylor Stubblefield and James Franklin on the transfer portal. In fact, he said he's already dealing with some transfers out there at the receiver position and saying why it was working for him, why it was a positive experience. And I just thought it was a great Cinderella story. A lot of these guys we've been covering for a long time, and they were deciding between Penn State and Ohio State and Notre Dame and Michigan. And it's awesome that they get to this point. But this is a really cool kind of you – know, Tig Brown has a fascinating story that I think we've all come to understand. Mitchell Tinsley has been here so, for such a short amount of time where we're just kind of getting to know him. And I really felt that he opened up a bit today. And he also mentioned – I don't know if we'd heard this in the past. He said he felt like he went from a guy with no scholarship offers to a essentially a five-star in the transfer portal. Southern Cal, Tennessee, Texas A&M, uh, all among the schools that he's – Florida State. And, and I don't know if he had ever gone on the record. It was a pretty kind of neat and tidy yeah. uh, commitment to Penn State. He says because of how, how proactive they were and they got their coaching staff down there to visit him. But it goes to speak that people are saying, why isn't Penn State landing a big-time splash receiver? you got to look beyond the stat sheet a little bit with this entire receiver room. But maybe particularly with Mitchell Tinsley, he has been key in moments, third down conversions, even from game one on. He's been a guy that Cl Sean Clifford has looked to. And he, I think he's been an underappreciated guy. Maybe you know, he says that the biggest game that was kind of influential on his life as a young kid was watching USC in Texas in the national championship here in the Rose Bowl. He was a huge Reggie Bush fan. That was his idol. I think we all remember that matchup. So there's something special brewing potentially in Pasadena with Mitchell Tinsley to keep an eye on. Mark, anything to add? Because you were here a couple of days ahead of us. I think I made it here before your luggage, though. Yeah, sorry for that. No, but but what do the people need to know that we haven't discussed before we wrap it up? And we'll get back to you all with a, an episode on Saturday. We got media day. We got all the Penn State freshmen that are finally going to get to talk to the media for the first time in their careers. But Anything that we kind of missed? Yeah, I mean, a couple things. Uh, I was there for uh, with the intern for team arrival on the 26th. And you, you really you get a sense that this team, they're, they're into this game. They're having fun. But the, the camaraderie that you're seeing, you know, over at the JW Marriott was, was pretty cool. And then uh, last night I was fortunate enough to be able to stop by an NIL event at the JW Marriott. And one thing I wanted to point out is that I had two people who are L.A. Uh, area uh, residents. AJ and I think it was Andrew who uh, came over and said, hey, Mark, uh, you know, I love the podcast and we're getting toward the end of the year. And the job that you guys have done, especially you, Tyler, and that's not to diminish what you do, Daniel. But with this podcast, especially for people who live who don't get as much info as you might get if you live in Pennsylvania or Maryland or New York, or New Jersey. I know people there love it, too. But to come this far and to hear people say, I listen to this every day on my commute or every day that it's available on my commute. Uh, I think it's very cool for the site. I think it's very cool the work that you do and our network does and 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 everybody who helps us put this podcast out. Very cool thing just to have somebody come up and say that. And there's all these big time Penn State players around and somebody's taking five minutes to come over and, and tell me that. So to all the people out there, we appreciate all of you and I appreciate the job you do, yes, Tyler yes. and Daniel at the end of the year. 
great job that you've done. Yeah. And Tyler Calvaruso, we're getting toward the end of the year. We may do another podcast, but I just wanted to get that out now because I thought it was a cool scene last night. That was cool. I'm, I'm glad you shared that, and that's good to know. Uh, we appreciate everybody out there. And we'll see what the numbers look like at the end of the year, but I think it was a good year for the podcast, uh, again, here at Lions 24-7. Uh, we got one more episode to bring you, though, before 2022 comes to a close. We'll do that on Saturday, as promised. It'll be probably sometime in between those two semifinal games. So if you don't get around to listening until Sunday, we'll forgive you. The kickoff is not until uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time on Monday. So we've got a ways to go. Uh, we'll follow everything along the way at lines247.com. So make sure you're following uh, at the site. 50% off deal is still ongoing. And when you sign up for that, you're automatically locked into Paramount Plus Access. So a great opportunity for you right there at lines247.com. Uh, thanks to Daniel. Thanks to Mark. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. This has been the Lines 24-7 podcast coming to you live from downtown Los Angeles.